This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. And I thought we started late last week. Well, it's actually <laughs> earlier than when we started last week. Oh, actually, week. it is. Yeah, it was 11 o'clock last week. Yeah, we're good. Totally. Um, so, and it's perfect. It's like story time and bedtime are just hand in hand right now because the dream time is the time when we actually do the work. That's when I do the work. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm always so tired during the day. I was watching this one uh thing on Egypt because I mean what else do you do while you're cooking dinner and taking care of toddlers and the guy was talking about checking in with reality like literally the practice of testing what's real mm-hmm. and um, he had been assigned an exercise that every time he had he walked into a new room in his house or in any building he had to touch the doorway as he passed through it and say am I dreaming And eventually it started to occur that every time he went to sleep in his dreams, he would ask, am I dreaming in the same way as he passed through a doorway in the dream? And he would realize, oh my God, I'm dreaming, but I'm going to choose to stay in it. And he would play with the dream and he started lucid dreaming on a regular basis and started actually actively changing the waking reality through the dream process. Um, this sounds like the Tibetan yogas of there's a book of dream and sleep that kind of has that same vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, it's definitely a cool practice to get into. Um, obviously this is another reason why you want to clear karmic stuff, because if you are in your dream time changing reality, then it ends up becoming it can become kind of a nightmare because if you're not mindful of what it is that you're drawing into the the reality then you know it becomes uh ghostbusters when you've got the state of marshmallow man right right portals strolling down there and this is why we're talking about this now after we've already if you if you're just joining us if this is the first time that you are listening to jeremy and i prattle on about strange esoteric practices <laughs> then um please go back to earlier episodes before fully listening to this one because you're going to need <laughs> some of those practices you're going to need the the awareness and the skills and the the truth testing and the guides and the guardians and all of it to um feel really firm and solid ground because otherwise you are going to feel like you're falling down a rabbit hole because that's where we're going today let's do it alice you know, I always loved her so much um, since I was a child. I was like, this guy's on to something, <laughs> whatever it is. And uh, the first when, – when The Matrix came out, I was too young for um, my parents' opinion to go see it in theaters. But I watched it the first chance I got and probably didn't process 90% of it. But what I did really, really love – was this idea that the world around me wasn't 100% guaranteed real. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that it brought that up. Um, And there's, 
a lot that's been going on in our world right now that people are starting to feel like it what is real is this real is is what's happening like is the narrative that is occurring either on social media or in like normal people news but I don't pay attention to those um just like news in general is this real what is real is spoiler alert it's not (laughs) (laughs) no so here's here's a quote from the matrix and Morpheus the character who um is is basically like the the threshold guardian in a Joseph Campbell sense um approaches the main character Neo and he says let me tell you why you're here you know something what you know you can't explain but you feel it you felt it your entire life there's something wrong with the world you don't know what but it's there like a splinter in your mind driving you mad it is this feeling that has brought you to me do you know what i'm talking about the matrix and Neo, yeah that's what Neo <laughs> says. and then morpheus says do you know what it is and neo nods and he says yep the matrix is everywhere it's all around us even now in this very room you can't you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television you can feel it when you go to work when you go to church when you pay your taxes it is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth neo says what truth and morpheus says that you're a slave (laughs) like everyone else you were born into bondage born into prison that you cannot smell taste or touch a prison for your mind unfortunately no one can be told what the matrix is you have to see it for yourself this is your last chance after this there's no turning back you take the blue pill the story ends you wake up in your bed and you believe whatever you want to believe you take the red pill and you stay in wonderland and i show you how deep this rabbit hole goes okay so the first time i saw this movie i was floored and had no clue what was happening when he after he took (laughs) up in the pod um and i think that is a lot that's like that was his spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like he was kind of like what the hell my eyes hurt i'm covered in goo i got no hair i got these things all over my body um (laughs) that's uh that's trinity is in front of me and she's gorgeous and i don't know what to do with myself yeah so i think that's that's what a lot of people are feeling right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and on top of that, like, okay, so we, we have this, this constant narrative in our world mythology in the sense that we are perceiving something, but there are other things that we cannot see that are constantly interacting with what we're perceiving. I don't care whether it's angels, gods, fairies, you name it. From every part of the world, there is this persistent belief that the thing that we call reality is an illusion and that the mm-hmm. truth is actually behind a veil. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, a lot of um, language in these myths and stories and fairy tales that you have to like lift the veil from your eyes. You have to take the film off of your eyes. You have to literally peel back the image that you're seeing in order to see what's underneath it and see the truth. But it's not 
easy because it <laughs> it's literally like it's terrifying to think that what we perceive as physical reality is untrue and i think um inception shows why it's terrifying right because you you don't know suddenly when you're out of the dream or not and you have to test yourself to say like am i dreaming am i not that's why i brought up the door thing where the guy has mm-hmm. to like touch the door because it's that idea of spinning the top like in, in inception of if it falls over i'm in the real world because the real world's not perfect and right. i can't control it but if i'm in the dream world i can make that keep going forever and you never see the top stop spinning in the end so it's that oh it messes with your head idea of what is real and graham hancock goes really into it in um supernatural with the idea that um shamans and healers and um other terms for them are like the the seers right the prophets these people who are part of tribal culture thousands and thousands of years ago that made the paintings um and lusco caves and other like rock art and things around they were able to tap into something that was collective that was beyond what we perceive every day well I think part of that too, I mean, there's a reason why uh, sages and, and, and holy men and monks go up to a mountain to get away from the noise of the rest of the world. Um, and part of it is so that you can see clearly, right? Yeah. Like if you're not constantly being bombarded by somebody else's version of whatever the story is, mm-hmm. then you have a, a nice chance to think. Um, we had a yoga class yesterday uh, and it was the first time we'd gotten together with a group of people. And, um, you know, everybody's nervous. Everybody is still freaked out. Everybody's like distance there. You know, there's been a lot of people who have been stuck inside their house of uh, the past couple of months. And then we did a little share. It's like, what are you grateful for? What are you celebrating? And I was like, I'm celebrating the past three or four months to be completely honest. Like it's been, it hasn't been easy, but there has been, this has given me a chance to really delve into my meditation practice to, to see some of the stuff mm-hmm. that I've been looking for, you know, like I've got, I have so many books and I don't always spend time reading them. When I, when I get done working, a lot of times I would come home, I'd want to watch a movie or something else and just kind of veg out. And I have been able to kind of like view my own version of reality for a a very short and very blessed time um, to drop into meditation or to do, uh, you know, different different yogic practices to kind of get into this headspace that we're talking about, about being able to get on the other side of the veil. And it made me realize too, like talking to people about it, that, that really we, you and I, and the group of people that we know live in a major bubble. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. when I started talking about a lot of this stuff, it makes absolute perfect sense to me. And all I want to do is do this. Like mm-hmm. all I want to do is spend time in my esoteric practice and to, and like, study Kabbalism and like just all, all of these things that are just, it is a, it's the fun part of the mystery. You know, it's like demons take really interesting stuff and they make it boring. You know, the Catholic church took uh, the ability to connect to the, to divinity and took all the fun shit out of it, left it where you're drinking wine and eating bread 
and then threw in pedophilia. It's yeah. like that is not the aspect of of what is a story that covers the entire globe. There's a reason why um, religion is a thing that we all talk about. We all wonder where we came from. We all we all can sense that there is something else that's out there that's not what is being um, you know, streamed into our vision mm-hmm. or being blasted into our ears, like yeah. dropping in, dropping into a, a meditation where you can just close your mind off for a little, mi- a little while, just, just shut your mouth, just, just be quiet and just let everything that's in your head go and then feel how far you can actually reach and outside. You know? For those of you who struggled with meditation in the past, um, cause I know I, I hated it. <laughs> I think is the best Mm -hmm. way to put it. And I don't like using that word, but I would feel this just utter despair uh, every time I tried because I felt like I couldn't do what you just described. I couldn't sit still and not have a thought. And so then I would feel defeated, like I couldn't do it. And so then I thought, this is lame because <laughs> that was, that was my just initial reaction. And then I would feel like, no, you're just acting like a pissy child. It's just cause you're not good at it. And clearly you're right. not cut out for this. And then I would go down a whole spiral that was just so Virgo. It's ridiculous. Um, so the, one of my favorite meditation teachers, Lauren Roche, he, um, told me once it's not about smacking your ego every time it has a thought because that only creates more karmic repercussions, right? It just, mm-hmm. it's like you, you don't hit your child every time they make a mistake. That's terrible. Um, you don't even hit them when they do something wrong. You sit down and you say, let's talk about why you did this. <laughs> so, um, or at least I do as a parent. And I heard him describing the ego as the child and the soul as the parent and the soul is having to sit there really patiently and wait for the ego to just stop mm-hmm. <laughs> to literally just <Yep>. stop. <laughs> and finally when the ego's like, okay, and that was my whole day. Then the soul gets to say, great, let's talk about your divine nature. <laughs> it's, just, it's like this deep breath. I think that's why I'm about to, to blow your yeah, mind. I think that's why yeah. you have to get to the quiet point is because right. the soul has to go, Oh my God, that was a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the, the ego child is so excited to just be involved with the world because that's its job. Its job is there to make sure that you keep functioning as a householder, as they call it in right. yoga. Um, you keep functioning as someone who has relationships and obligations and tasks and checklists and jobs and money and food and and all of the things that go along with being human. And so when you meditate, you sit still, instantly your ego's like, wait, you're not taking care of all of these things. They're just going to start piling up. And then you're going to get more stressed and then I'm going to have more work to do because then I'm going to have to manage your crazy adrenals. So let's, <laughs> let's remind you of all the things you have to do right now. First, let's, let's think about your grocery list. Oh, you don't want to think about that? Let's, let's remind you of that relationship you had that was really uncomfortable and you should go talk about that person. <laughs> oh, you don't want to think about that? Okay, let's, let's talk about the fact that your sits bones hurt right now. You need to shift position. Like your ego will always find another thing to say. Because it's constantly trying to keep you engaged with this thing that we call reality, this thing that you've agreed to participate in. And that's where we have to really navigate from is that we're all collectively agreeing on something right now. And if we can start to collectively agree on something else, well, maybe we can shift it. But you can't do that until you do what Jeremy just said and you pause. You get it to stop. And the way that I got to that point 
because it took me for freaking ever. And it's still a very constant practice is I notice the thought I step back Mm -hmm. and I say, wow, thank you brain. I, I'm so glad that you have such a good memory that you thought of all of those like 62 things that we (laughs) need to do in the house right now. Oh my gosh. Thank you brain. I'm so glad that you reminded me that I have to take care of this as soon as I'm done meditating. But right now I'm meditating. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Thank you brain for showing me that I have like all of these issues with codependency and with scarcity and with all of my root chakra and sacral chakra, (laughs) like just kind of, acknowledging as they come up that you're seeing these thoughts for a reason. You're hearing these thoughts for a reason. You're feeling these emotions and and things that are bubbling for a reason. It's because we don't take the time to pay attention to them in our culture. So we have to acknowledge them first. And this is the, the process of churning the ocean to get to the Lakshmi. Uh, You have to keep on stirring the pot until you finally get to that alchemized point where all of the demons have bubbled out of it completely and you're left with the gold and they don't want to leave. They want attention too. <laughs> they hold on tight. And, and you're also, that's how you defined yourself. Yeah, for so, long. so it's hard to identity. let that stuff go. Yeah. yeah. And so when, when we get to this point of, well, what is reality? Then we have to start questioning of who am I? Right. And, and, and well, it's a part of that too, is like viewing yourself as the observer, mm-hmm. right? Cause like you're, you're taking things in once you're able to actually just mitigate the ego for a slight bit, just to see that you're paying attention to something, see, just to see that you are seeing something, mm-hmm. you know, like having, realizing that you're not your thoughts, but you had to pay attention to something to create a thought that it's, it's becomes the cycle, right? It's like, yeah defining yourself by the things that are around you and how do you close yourself off from those things without completely disassociating or completely having a disillusion of self, right? Like Uh, this is, this is a huge integration problem that a lot of people have after ceremony where they get to the point of fully realized oneness and they can't come back to their human self. They, they have, there's right. a break. And it's um, a very big chasm that they have to leap back over that they don't want to because they've found bliss. <laughs> like, why do I have to come back? Why do I have to come back? And I've heard so many people say that. Like, why do I have to come back right now? I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. And unless you've sat in ceremonies where that's occurred, it's really hard to understand why someone would say that. Because... Most of the time, unless you've been in shamanic ceremony, whether that's with plants or just drums or or anything, you don't realize that the reality you're perceiving is, in fact, not a reality. It's it's a right. it's a an idea of reality. Yeah, this is a, a kind of in the vein of Kabbalism, going from understanding to wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you kind of have to dip into wisdom a bit at a time. And that's what the integration is. Mm -hmm. It's coming back into understanding so that you can actually implement in the things that you're seeing. Um, And a lot of the times with uh, plant ceremonies and things like that, the blast is huge. Like, and we talked last week about Paul on the road to Damascus and having that that blinding flash. Like there's some, like the uh, spiritual awakening can happen very quickly and it can be anything that triggers it. You know, it can be 
it can be a plant medicine ceremony. It can be simple breath work. Mm-hmm. I saw um, one of my friends who's um, they're finishing up their their doctorate in psychology had posted the other day that breathing exercises can actually be triggering for people with trauma. Mm-hmm. And it was like a no duh kind of thing, but it was also kind of like, that's the point, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's the reason why we do breath work is to get into those areas. And some people, when it comes to that type of thing, so, you know, they'll have things that come up in therapy that they cannot integrate, yeah. that they can't process. It's, it's memories from the past that they maybe have repressed or suppressed. Well, I was um, talking to Anton the other day about this of like, where people always say like, oh, I'm triggered or I don't want to trigger you. Um, you have to move towards that. You yeah. have to move towards that if you really actually want to heal. Otherwise, you constantly are identified with the victim mentality. And it sucks to say that to someone who's been through awful trauma. trauma yeah. um, because as humans, we, we relate and we're like, that is not a happy situation. But when you look at it from the hermeticism point of view, from the alchemy point of view, that occurrence is actually that's the path to medicine that's the path to healing right and the the strongest shamans i know have also had some of the biggest experiences of trauma yeah <laughs> you can't you can't have one without the other really in my experience <laughs> and i think there's some people who are like well they, you just live a charmed life and i was like well you haven't seen the all the lifetimes where i died as a witch <laughs> Yeah, like there's just there's so many other layers of who knows how many lifetimes this person has been through this story and they just have not been able to integrate it. So they're having to do it again. Right. Well, that's something that I've realized is is a lot of the work for my life this time is being willing and able to receive Mm -hmm. Um, because I have I do. I am the same way. I live a very charmed life. I have people that have always kind of like wanted to take care of me. and also, I think part of it is just my personality. Like I'm, I, You're a I Libra. come across as a person Libras who's approachable, and it's just yeah, like the I'm not a, I'm not a dick. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't have that in me. So yesterday, I had a, we had a little fender bender, and um, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't anything major, but I got out of the car and I shook the guy's hand, and of course, I mean, he was a little shaken up, uh, but he wasn't like thinking. Um, uh, you know, let's not shake hands or like get close to each other. Like Lindsay was sitting in the car. She was like, what happened? I was like, I just, you know, we exchanged uh, insurance information. If there's anything, we just kind of figure it out and we'll go from there. She's like, you get, you get into like the easiest catastrophes. Like I get into a car wreck and then I have to go to court. You get into a car wreck and it's just like, you're best friends with a guy. You guys are going to go out and have pizza or something. Well, so part of that is like, it's the approach to life. It's like, yeah. we talked last week too, about like alchemizing fear, like letting some of that stuff go. It's like, there's, there's going to be situations and it's, and I don't mean to say this too, and not feel be, uh, be sound, be sounded or be heard as callous, you know? Um, but it's like when people have dealt with trauma before too, which I definitely have, I still do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to the point where as a space holder too, you realize what you have to do for yourself so that you can be there for somebody else, right? Like that's a big thing for being a parent as well. It's like being willing to put your, not putting your stuff on hold. No, but you like, have to put your right, oxygen gotta, mask on first. Yeah. But you have to mitigate your own issues before you can step in and be like, how can I be of service to this child who is kind of relying on me to, mm-hmm. to have all of the answers, at least for right I now. I think also this is something that once you start playing with the matrix, once you start, yeah. um, engaging with reality from a different perspective and you perceive it as not, um, 
you, you perceive it as permeable, right? As, as malleable, then suddenly life actually just actually becomes that way. Um, the way that Neo suddenly is able to bend spoons. So, um, I, I was having this conversation with an astrologer the other day. I was getting a reading, um, last week and she was like, well, tell me about, about this experience of yours. And I was like, well, I just, I realized that, um, maybe my awareness of how much magic was in my life was, uh, like lower than other people's mm-hmm. around me because, um, at the time I was working for someone and we were walking, um, we were actually traveling from Denver to Los Angeles and he and I went through security at the same time. And we went to the gate at the same time and we got on the airplane and he looked at me and he was like, is this your life? And I, I looked at him like, dude, you're the one paying for this. You're my boss. But then I said, what do you mean? Because I realized he was asking something deeper. (laughs) And he said, literally every person you came across in this airport has either held something for you, opened something for you or smiled at you. Like, do you realize that's not normal? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I, I really had no clue just how charmed my life had been up until that moment when I, I was suddenly made aware, right? That light bulb turns on of the observer mm-hmm. and the observer right. panned back. And I thought through that whole episode and I had been allowed to cut through security <laughs> to the front. They carried my bags for me. They uh, put them on the belt. Cause, oh, it looked too heavy for her. So let's just do it for her. Um, then they opened the doors for me. They smiled. They nodded. They handed me things. And they're like, oh, do you need a water bottle? Like, it's just it's ridiculous. That does not happen for the majority of people. But I didn't realize that until that moment. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, no, this is what happens for every girl who walks through here. Oh, my God. Talk <sighs> about privilege. That <laughs> it, it was just it was mind boggling. But I also had been actively practicing magic very hard for a couple of years at that right. point and um, had been working intentionally on stepping into sovereignty, not mm-hmm. just stepping into power. And two totally different things. Yeah. And I mean, they're very related and very connected, but they are not the same thing. And I wanted to be seen in an empowered and um, very aware of what was going on kind of way, not just as someone who was reaching to manipulate. I wanted to be handling things from a responsible, intentional, and aware perspective where I was asking, like I was doing shadow work at that time, um, asking to see really specifically how to integrate ancestor stuff. Actually, that was Mm -hmm. like the, what was on my heart during the ceremonies just prior to that was how do I integrate, um, like these different bloodlines within me that are, um, they really cannot stand each other. And Mm -hmm. I have to reconcile that now (laughs) having both of them, like when you call on ancestors and they're literally shouting at each other, like, hold on guys I, I asked you to come here and I didn't ask you to fight so um, 
I think there's something to be said. A lot of people right now are like, what can I do? And I think literally doing your own inner work can shift the reality around you because if everything is just your perception of what is going on in reality and you are visually seeing a lot of things that do not jive, that do not work, that do not compute, then clearly something is off inside your internal system as well. And the more that you actually hack that and you begin to use the tool of meditation to step back and be an observer and see where you are operating off of a story that is not true, off of a program that was written into the system mm-hmm. that is not true, then, yeah, I, um, then you can play with, with the matrix. Yeah. This was also just kind of with what's happening right now. We don't want to go necessarily too deep into it. Cause I would like these episodes to be timeless, mm-hmm. but the stuff that's happening right now in our world is pretty screwed up. Um, and a lot of people are be- kind of becoming this whole like becoming aware of their privilege or, or that they haven't been paying attention to the, um, you know, the systemic racism that's kind of built into the, the system. Um, and there's a I was thinking the other day about um, guilt and shame and how, you know, with the way that these things are, these these things are coming up for a lot of people like guilt is kind of retroactive, right? So it's like, it's being empathetic in the, like in hindsight, like, Oh, I had no idea how much I should have felt horrible about this. And then because of the culture that we're in also, it's like, well, you need to spend some time feeling really bad about that and just think about what you've done or how Mm -hmm. you've perceived that as opposed to saying, again, like you're saying with, with people who do their own inner work. And I, I'm not doing this from a soapbox. It's just like, if you were, if you are aware of what is happening in your life, then you're aware of what's happening in other people's lives, mm-hmm. right? And you're not doing it from a nosy neighbor standpoint, or and you're not doing it from a judgmental standpoint. You're doing it from a, yeah, I, I see that. And that's really screwed up. And uh, we, you know, that should definitely change. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not a heartless thing, but it's also not swinging too far into the rescuer mentality of we all need to get out there and march. Like, again, I'm not saying to not speak out against injustices in the world. I'm, I am, I am promoting being more aware of the injustices in everyday life. And that includes in your own life. And this is a way that you're going to empower yourself and by empowering yourself and living an empowered life, other people are going to see it and uh, live by example. This is or or by you living by example, you're going to empower other people, which is kind of what we were talking about with the kids. I want to, we need to take, I need to take better show notes so that I can be like (laughs) referenced in this episode when we discuss this. Well, we can go back and listen. We can do like a a weekend intensive on rewriting but something that you just said i think is is really important we need to touch back on it um the idea that when we're when when we take the red pill and we we go down the rabbit hole and we go into wonderland so first alice had to see the rabbit and then she had to Mm -hmm. notice that the rabbit was wearing a waistcoat and then the rabbit pulled a pocket watch out of the waistcoat. So at first she's like not concerned about the rabbit saying, oh my God, I'm late. That She's like, okay, rabbits can talk. She just kind of buys into it. <laughs> and then she says, wait a minute, that rabbit's wearing clothes. And then she pays attention to it harder. And then the rabbit looks at a watch. And then she's like, okay, I have to follow that. And so mm-hmm. I think that's how the wake up process works, where a lot of humans, they go about their day-to-day life they feel they feel okay with the pattern they feel okay with the system because nothing is terribly wrong in their system and then suddenly they notice a white rabbit 
And they're like, oh, that's a cute rabbit. And they just keep going about their day. The next time they see it, they realize the rabbit's wearing a waistcoat. And they're like, wait a minute. That that makes (laughs) no sense. Rabbits don't wear clothes. He certainly is fancy. Yeah, he must be going to a dinner party. And And then they're like, oh, my God, the rabbit just looked at a watch and said, I'm late. I have to follow that rabbit. And I feel like that's what happened to me, right? I got a tarot reading. And then I was like, that's odd. But I was still married to my ex-husband at the time. And then a couple things happened that felt different. And I was like, I think, I think that stuff is real. Oh, my God, I think that stuff is real. And then I bought my own tarot cards. And mm-hmm. I, and like the world changed. There was like a moment where I just, I acknowledged that there was something beyond the system that I had been brought up in. And so I think with that narrative, that story, when you step into the meditation, you step into an ability to see all the stories that are operating in your system and to notice the white rabbits, and then you can begin to follow them. But the, the problem is I think some people, they see it and it freaks them out so much that they tell themselves, I must be dreaming. That must have not been real. That must have been a fluke. And they stay asleep. They stay unaware and they refuse to go down the rabbit hole um so the hope is that enough of the people who have seen the white rabbits go down the rabbit hole and begin to explore all the next steps that go with that and all the things that go past just that noticing right yeah um i don't know what i again should have written down what my thought was as you were talking (laughs) it's it's been such a long day (laughs) well you were talking about how a lot of people are are saying um like oh my god i didn't even know and now they're feeling guilty and it's it's not that it's that you are carrying the guilt of the ancestors who perpetrated the things that are still being enacted today so there is a oh that's what it was story that's happening right well, the, and, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like re- what resonates truthfully, mm-hmm. right? So, like, again, I'm I'm not a big fan of pundit news television. I don't think most people are at this point. We we're all kind of over that. Um, yeah. it, was, it was fine and dandy in the early 2000s when we had the rhetoric that we knew what was going are on. We but at this point, did. it's like I I was annoyed the entire time. It's all it's always bothered me. <laughs> My point so is, the minute it's, television this... got put in homes, propaganda just like went up a notch. Yeah. Um, but there's like, it's again, going back a couple episodes, it's the idea of what you know as your truth, mm-hmm. right? If if somebody asked me when I was eight years old, Jeremy, do you think it's, uh, do you think it's fair for uh, African Americans to have the same civil liberties and to be treated fairly just like everybody else? I would be like, yes. Can we move on to the next topic yet, please? You know, it's like, this is a truth. This is an absolute statement of truth. There's no, there's not a thing for it to be debated or a reason for anyone to have to argue against it. Well, that's the thing so, that I think is coming out right now is that everyone consciously allows for that. And that's where the yes. privilege comes in is that they don't realize that the system is still in place that disagrees with that. And right. so that's where we're having to investigate the stories of how many people are just unaware of the other stories that are happening. So not even on a spiritual level, but just on a, like a humanity level, there's a lot of people who are finally going down the rabbit hole of what it's actually like to not be white in this country. Right. Um, and, yeah. and right now there's a lot of 
family members of mine who are saying like, well, what about indigenous rights? And what about like Mexican rights and, and all these other things? And I'm like, yes, those are important too. But right now the, the voices of the black community are what is awakening a lot of what's happening but they're also I mean there's there's layers upon layers upon layers of why that story is happening right now and we can't go into all of them but one one thing is that some people are just like the the scale is finally tipping enough of the voices are getting to a point where you can't ignore them anymore you can't ignore the the waistcoats that are being worn by people who shouldn't have them on essentially And so we're starting to see the the positions of power. We're starting to see the illusions that are in effect. And and um, I think part of that, and this is something I was actually talking to the All Souls Covenant Girls about, is that um, part of that is enough people are doing the inner work and waking up their consciousness that the level of consciousness on the planet is coming up to a higher level. And things that do not align with love and truth are being called out on a much more glaring platform to where you cannot ignore right. them regardless of how unconscious you are. What do you think about that? Um, I think that it is, we have been very unaware of a lot of things like uh, Lindsay and I watched, I can't remember if it's beginning or becoming. Um, it's one of the, um, it's the new uh, Michelle Obama's new book Mm -hmm. and just seeing like being reminded of how much racism was actually kind of perpetrating or penetrating the culture even 10 years Mm -hmm. ago, you know, just with everything that was how that was uh, the Obama administration and the family actually had to deal with. So it's, it's like, I don't necessarily, again, I don't necessarily know what to do about that, especially as a, as a, middle-aged white man you know (laughs) yeah i mean that's something that anton has been posting a lot of resources about and sacred sons has been posting a lot of resources about so if we're not going to take up the whole podcast talking about that because there are really wonderful resources out there right now um for people who are white that want to know what they can actually do because that's the, the step is doing something about it um and the first thing, of course, is, is talking and acknowledging and becoming aware of yourself, <laughs> which is meditation, yeah. but also doing something in terms of like action in the community. And there's so many different ways and we're not going to go into it. What I want to go into is this idea that the, the matrix is real and that there are things that seem impossible to change, but that you can actually change. And it starts with you being willing to wake up literally on every level and notice every level of your own life and how you're interacting or not interacting within yourself, not even just with between people, but within yourself and like the internalized patterns and stories of we are told that this is true. We are told that this is history. We are told that this is how we behave from the time we are children and that pattern becomes embedded. And sometimes it's even prior to that, it's epigenetic patterns. And, um, and the minute we start investigating those and we start dismantling those, 
then we have a framework of which to dismantle the entire system as a whole. Um, and that's right. why I think it's so important that we go out of our normal consciousness, that we go into an altered state of consciousness so that we can see what we perceive as normal and right. review it and say, like, is this actually true? And, and most of the time it's not. Well, I, and this is something that we'd kind of touched on in our previous conversation. Um, to, to go into an altered state of consciousness doesn't mean that you have to necessarily uh, do any type of plant medicine. It doesn't mean that you even have to do breath work. Um, one of the things that I think is the most enticing for me about the concept of mystery schools, uh, and this is, you know, these are, these are lineages that have been passed down that are, you know, they're occult. They've been passed down because they're hidden. They're not talked about or the things that are discussed in the mystery schools are, it's like a choose your own adventure. You're given these breadcrumbs of these ideas of that have been kind of sprinkled around in various stories. And for you to like to go into a practice with some of these teachings, you get to find the truth for yourself. You know, it's like, it's literally like you're doing, um, you're solving puzzles as you're moving through, uh, with the studies, or at least that's, that has been my experience. And the cool thing is, is that because none of the answers are given, you are, you're literally finding out information that matches and vibes for you. You're like, there've been other people who have been down this path, but you don't necessarily like you've, I'm grateful for all the teachers that have, that have kind of like put their stories out there, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to get the same thing from their stories as they got right well, on, and this is on top of that too it's it's that everybody gets everybody in the past and this is something you and i talked about prior to hopping on um the recording is the idea that um not most of humanity was not ready for these teachings mm-hmm. most of humanity was not ready for what the mystery schools held there was a reason there was they were mysteries there's a reason that most of them still are mysteries and that you feel like when you're experiencing them because you've told me this, that's why I'm using you and that I feel like occasionally when I'm experiencing them that they're saying you have to find your own answers because yeah. that's how it was hidden that's how the teachings were hidden so that if it was written down and it fell into the wrong hands then the secrets wouldn't be revealed and the world wouldn't fall apart because somebody got a hold of power that was beyond what um good intentions <laughs> they had right. right so there's there's that idea that that most of this has been kept secret and it's coming to light now people are remembering people are recognizing that we are a species with amnesia and they're recognizing that we are divine beings and they're recognizing that we are all capable of shifting consciousness at will of doing acts of magic And we are all Mm -hmm. stepping into that as practitioners of healing and of magic and of all sorts of things that have to do with alchemy and hermeticism and astrology. And the more that we gather all of these pieces together, like we've spent lifetimes devoting to each of them. And that's why Mm -hmm. in this lifetime, people are capable of learning about Kabbalah and Oracle reading and Egyptian mysticism and yoga and Buddhism, like literally mm-hmm. tapping in from all the parts of the planet and piecing it all together into truth because they're all part right. of the truth. 
They're not all the truth with capital T's. They're all parts of the truth. And once you can put them together into a clear picture, well, then you can actually get that philosopher's stone, that nugget, which we talked about last week, which is the ability to tap into divine truth. And with what's happening right now on the planet, part of the reason that I think everyone's like, God, what is true is because they're finally starting to see that, that reality is not reality. And everybody else who's been through the mystery schools or through these teachings is like, well, duh, Um, like it's (laughs) illusion that's the point that's why i can do magic but um we're we're like waiting at the bottom of the rabbit hole we're all in wonderland and we're we're watching like a crowd come through this tunnel like oh god what are we going to do with all of these people and that's why i think so many people are stepping up into teaching right now it's because there's that many Mm -hmm. more people who are investigating for the very first time some of these concepts and some of these possibilities. And instead of just Morpheus and Neo, it's like hundreds upon hundreds of people stepping into their power as teachers to help the next like generations and new iterations of awakened beings stay awake. Because that's the key. Like you can't see something and be so shocked and abhorred by it that you then just go back to living your everyday reality. So many people want to just go back to normal, have the new normal. I'm like, no, my darling child, when are you going to realize that normal is highly overrated? My darling Sorry, child. it's a quote from Practical Magic. <laughs> like the, the aunt says it and it, it's like my favorite quote because it's true. Like it, you don't want to be normal. The goal is to not be normal because the second you're normal, uh-huh. you're giving into the system. You're giving into the pattern. You're giving into the story. And I would rather my narrative be so divergent. <laughs> like there's a reason that these things are becoming popular. Divergent, the matrix, inception. Like it all boils down to, to things where people are finally waking up. And there's, there's another film that was made by the same brothers called V for Vendetta. And I encourage everyone who's listening to this to go back and watch the section where the mysterious old man in the hat and sunglasses is talking to the two um, reporter investigator guys. And he's telling them this story of, uh, of what happened where a politician was gaining power and there was um, – a lot of opposition and a lot of support and people were really at each other's throats. And this is like in a a mysterious Britain set in the near future. And, um, and he says that there was someone behind the scenes who realized that biological weapons were much more effective than the explosive ones. And he also realized that it was going to be much more effective if he used it on his own people rather than everyone else. And um, in that narrative of V for Vendetta, America was going bonkers and it spilled over into Britain. And then Britain unleashed this biological warfare on its own people without saying anything. And they released it in schools and they released it on the underground. And it was so contagious. All of these people were coming down with it. They were inflating the numbers on the media because that's what the media does. That's what they're paid to do. And suddenly... Everybody was willing to have a curfew. Everyone was voting 
to keep the guy not only in term, but to raise his term of office to this other new thing called the high chancellor where he had even more power and they were able they were turning over their rights and their freedoms left and right because they wanted to feel safe and the minute that they all started to comply the government released an antidote and they saved them (laughs) that seems surprising and highly unlikely what are you telling me that that's actually happening now too in real life (laughs) so like just between V for Vendetta and The Matrix, I feel like we all knew this was coming. Then go back, read Fifth Sacred Thing. We've talked about that book a thousand times. She does the same thing in that book. Like Humans have felt that something like this was coming. 1984, Brave New World. Like It's just, it's been in our fear consciousness long enough that it's finally happening. Or maybe we already know because this has happened so many times before. Exactly that too. So how do we change the narrative this time? How do we shift it? It doesn't have to end up. It doesn't have to end up like it does in some of these films or in some of these books where like all control is lost and all human free will is lost. And and we're in this like totalitarian, crazy fascist state. Um, but the problem is, like, you can't be partisan. Like, you can't. Right. <laughs> you can't get so. Let's find a middle ground here. Oh my God. <laughs> or, no, let's find a no ground. Let's find, like, an outside yeah. ground. That's the problem. Right. And that's why meditation is so important is you can't just choose a side and stay on it because then you're sticking with that narrative and you're, you're playing into the polarity and the duality that this universe has been built on the framework. Okay. So with all of this happening as well, like it's been a rough week for empaths. (laughs) Like this is, it's been a rough couple of months for empaths. Um, And we had talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, how you'd said you would continue to come back as a teacher. So like imagine this life, going for a hundred years or however old we end up living. Do you see with the way that things are progressing that you would actually want to come back again? Cause I'm looking at it from the standpoint of if we do, if, if you don't cross the threshold uh, and you stay, you know, on the edge and you decide that you're going to come back as a teacher, the, the turnaround is probably a lot less than if you go back into union with the divine and then decide at a later point you might be at a, a level in your soul journey that you could come back with your memory. Do you still feel like if you would want to come back and like spend a hundred uh, another hundred years uh, in what's is going to obviously not going to be much better in the next like fifty or so? Like what is Again, what is you're, your thought? You're, you're what are your thoughts there? Narrative on that. Yeah, I still think that it actually can go. It can shift. It can move into a, a space of of better Mm -hmm. um faster than people are estimating uh if enough of us are like enough is enough wake Mm up um i'm gonna stay awake i'm gonna stay awake i'm not gonna buy in to this narrative i'm not gonna buy into the story that this is my only choice that i only can choose between this or this that i only can do this or this um and it's hard when literally the entire world feels like it's burning. Like 2020 started out with Australia burning and mm-hmm. now America's burning. Um, so it, I think there, 
what what's happening for me in my mind is that the more of us that are doing this consciousness work, the more of us that are doing our best to, to wake up and stay awake, um, the less control that the powers that have control right now um, feel like they have. <laughs> right. their, their control and their power is being threatened. So they're having to try and tamp down that. They're having to try and step into a place of maintaining that control. And, and they're, sorry, little one's waking up, but they're having to, um, to do things to maintain their control. And, and we're noticing people are noticing now they're like, wait a minute. Why are they saying this? Why is this happening now? Why is it happening now? And I think it's because we're stepping towards a place where, the systems will be fully disrupted and we don't know what it's going to look like. And I definitely do want to come back. I want to see what it's like 200 years from now and see how many more people can step into a place of connection to their soul and to the truths that the mystery schools were waiting to release. Like when you think about the acceleration that happened, if you're looking at it from a yoga perspective, and the Dwapara Yuga started when you and I were doing the math and said it started. Um, right. And, and it was coinciding with things like steam engines and, and electricity and all of that. What else was discovered at those times? Egypt. Egypt, a lot of the mystery schools. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like literally the, the temples were being opened that hadn't been seen by human eyes in thousands of years. Like maybe a Tomb Raider <laughs> might have seen one, mm. but for the most part, those pyramid texts that we prize and value so much and that have given us so many like little glimpses into our own pasts, our own past lives that I feel like they activated something like humans saw it and it activated something in our collective unconscious where we started to remember, we started to question and then they got upset and they started to clamp down because what happened right after that? World War One. World War One. Yeah. And then we started to wake up even more because then King Tut's tomb got discovered right. and, and all sorts of other tombs in in the Valley of the Pharaohs were discovered and, and other things across the world started to be brought in. You had um Swami Satyananda and you had all of these other Swamis coming over to the United States in the twenties and the thirties who were trying to uplift the masses with yoga, with consciousness. So then you had World War Two. <laughs> and this is I, I don't know if we've discussed this but world war ii was literally a war of root chakra uh against the sacral mm -hmm. or, or it's actually like the higher vibrations of of uh of the energetics when it comes to sacred geometry like yeah. the swastika is the lowest chakra it is the four petals of the lotus yeah. and it was we were looking at it from a standpoint of at least the way that um the marketing was pushed for it was that it's uh, man's uh, dominion over the earth, right? It's man's mm -hmm. dominion over sacred geometry, which is what the war against the, uh, the Judaism seemed to be. And again, I cannot, I cannot imagine being in the mindset of, uh, of Hitler, mm. you know, if, if again, just like, it does not make sense to me to, to go so hard against a group of people because of this. And maybe that was part of it. You know, it's like, 
the, uh, in the past couple of weeks, I've started to realize how much this, the tantric uh, aspects of, of mysticism cross over so many religions mm-hmm. like it. And it's not a sex cult. You know, that's one of the things that has been, they've been so vilified, but like there are meditations and there are, um, there are uh, tantric aspects to the majority of religions, you know, yeah. like the whole concept of like circumcision that comes from, from Judaism too. It's like, it's a covenant that you make with God that you're going to be willing to uh, control your sexual urges. Oh, it really? doesn't have to I do with it was it, actually it, cutting off from it is it, that's that's the best way to really t- to think about it right let's be literal about cutting off the dick <laughs> tips of every person that's born like how screwed up is how did we allow that to become the normal it's horrendous right absolutely yes. horrendous it's it's so, mutilation of the human body in order to disconnect the human body from the spirit and the soul yes so when you start to realize that that's the case like it's it's really disturbing what has actually happened to our culture. Like take Christian uh, repression with sexuality. That's one thing. Like mm-hmm. the fact that there, that this is built into the religion itself, that circumcision is, is thought of as like the first thing you have to do when you're born. It's not even like let somebody make a choice in a later age. This is something that happens before you were pre-verbal. Mm-hmm. So, and they and do it to girls in so many other cultures. And, too. And so many cultures too. Yeah. So, and that's the way. And again, getting rid of the shame aspect of it and getting rid of the, the left hand um, dirty thought path aspect of it. And just having it be like, this is part of our, our human experience. So being able to move, literally move the energy from our root where we feel comfortable into our sacral, that's the trigger. That's the reason why we have the Shiva Lingam. You know, it's the reason why we have, um, uh, I mean, pan, like there's all of these different images of all these different deities with erections, you know, the, 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 um, the obelisks in mm-hmm. Egypt, like this, all of this stuff is everywhere. And yet for some reason, when we look at it, it's kind of, we giggle and we think about it like we're kindergartners well, because and it's this like, well, sex is so dirty. Yeah. Bunch of jerks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were actually my ancestors. My mom proved that our family came over on the Mayflower. Well, we see what you're doing now. I'm doing so. reparations, <laughs> helping people have better sex. Um, exactly. <laughs> no, so I, I think uh, getting back to like what's going on with stories and with um, Dada's upstairs, uh, with, <laughs> with because mommy's <laughs> recording right now, the, with all the stories that are happening in the world, um, a lot of the stories are so old that we don't see Mm -hmm. them as that we think that they're truth and until you start shifting into the altered states of consciousness you can't separate the two and i actually had um one of my students said this and i absolutely loved it that she had read it in a book um so when a river is um like making its course through the landscape occasionally there might be a rock slide nearby and Uh a rock falls into the river and at first the water just kind of washes over it like whatever there's a rock now Um, i'm just going to go over the rock and then silt starts to build up and eventually the the silt 
hold on real quick. Okay, baby. Um, eventually the, the silt starts to build up in the river to the point that you can't even see where the rock felt, but the river's mm. moving in a different direction. Like it literally changed the path of the river because the river ignored the rock. Right. Um, but if the river's able to push the rock out to sea, it helps it like the water being strong enough to like move it. Um, the river's path actually deepens and it like sinks in further. Mm. When you think about it. Um, right. And it, its course stays true and it has to acknowledge the rock. It has to do work with the rock because the second it's like, Oh, it doesn't matter that the rock fell in. <laughs> then its entire <laughs> course will alter because it's the silt builds up around it to the point that it doesn't notice the rock is there anymore. And it's just, a bump on its path and it's easier to move around the bump constantly. And so we all have these embedded rocks from generations upon generations of, um, stories that are just not true that have been told to us as truth. And I think, um, with the whole rabbit hole analogy, going back to that, and the Cheshire cat within that landscape where Alice is trying to like find a freaking mentor <laughs> and this cat keeps showing up. It's the mystery school teacher where she's like, mm-hmm. which way do I go? And cat's like, go whichever way you want. He's like, some people go this way. Some, some people, people go, go this that way. way. And I myself prefer to <laughs> go this way. The most direct <laughs> root and that's yeah, through a, this trunk of the tree exactly and that's what a mystery school teacher does that's what someone who is an initiated priest or priestess or on the path a shaman um and a witch and a initiatory threshold guardian will tell you you can go whichever way you want but if you want the most direct path to soul i would recommend that one mm-hmm. but i can't make you do it and And Morpheus says that to Neo. He's like, look, I'm just holding open the door. You have to walk through it. It's hard as a teacher to do that sometimes, you know, it's like, how much do you, how much do you give? And that's, I guess that's part of, that's kind of the breadcrumb thing. The, the, the breadcrumb analogy of kind of like you give somebody enough that they can still feel empowered. And also if they lose interest, then it's kind of like, all right, well, that was as far as you needed to come on this path. Right. Like, as opposed I, to dragging yeah. someone. <laughs> yeah. I I probably tried to drag everybody at first because I was just so <laughs> excited. And I grew up with the story of evangelism, like embedded mm-hmm. in my system of the minute you find the good news, you have to share it. Right. And I had to dismantle that story very quickly because I realized not everybody's ready for witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. And then the next story I had to dismantle was, not everybody cares. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to be better. Not everybody wants to get better. Some people like being sick. Some yeah. people like being depressed. Some people like being in the state of suffering that they've chosen, whatever it is. Like, doesn't matter what their situation is in life. You can find people who are extremely wealthy and extremely poor, and they are choosing to stay where they are because that's their identity. Like you said earlier. Yeah. And I, well, this, is, th- this is something else that, uh, Lindsay and I were kind of talking about earlier today. I was just like, it was a couple, a couple of days ago, actually. I was just like, you know, I, this is something that I 
want to figure out a way to make a living doing right. I want to be, I want to be able to help people get to where they need to be from a spiritual path. And I was, I kind of made the realization the other day, I was like that it, that might not be feasible. You know, it might not be that, that other, that other people want to do the work that I'm doing, because the thing that I find so incredibly interesting, there may be three or four people that I actually do reach, you know, through that. So part of the, part of the thing is being able to, being able to be okay with everybody else's journey. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. That's acceptance in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every single person is at their place exactly where they need to be because you are in your place exactly where you need right. to be. And yeah. I, I cannot control anyone else. I can only control myself and I cannot lead uh, anybody further than they're willing to go. And I cannot force anybody to drink from the cup that I'm handing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's as a teacher and as a parent, like a huge, huge, uh, theme to carry with you and to, that I carry with myself. And I, I would say to anybody who is actually looking to make a living from helping others on their road to enlightenment is the best way that I can say it. Cause it's not, it's not right. that you're teaching them spirituality. It's that you are one of the guides on the journey that's opening the doorways and they're choosing to walk through them or not. And if you are meant to do it, you're going to do it. Your soul is going to put you in the position to make it happen regardless, right. because there will be people who are attracted to you who want to come and learn from you because there is something that only you know how to do in a way that will wake them up further. Right. And I always hope that I encounter teachers who just like turn on the lights um, so that I can see the room a little bit more clearly. Right. I don't need them to, to do any of the work for me because then, then I don't know how to do it for myself later. It's like, mm-hmm. like coloring a picture for a child isn't going to help them learn how to color. But doing a, your own page next to them, <laughs> so like the second that a teacher is doing their own work, that's when I go to listen. Right. There you go. And I uh, again <clears throat> back to the analogy of of the Matrix. Neo couldn't have been helped by anybody who is still within it. He right. had to have been helped by someone who is literally doing the work of being out of it and then coming back in constantly. And that's what these master teachers, these ascended beings do. And when you're like, would you come back? Hell yes. <laughs> I would be one of those people who's constantly plugging in from one of those weird little side ships and is trying to find <laughs> all the Neos within the system and say like, that one looks like they're, they notice me. That one looks like they notice me. Okay. Let's talk to them and see if they're ready. Let's talk to them. And just wanting to be like a little beacon of light over and over again on the planet. And I saw that in an ayahuasca ceremony once. I was like, dude, why? Why? <laughs> this is like, do I have to do this again? I was talking to like some angels and, <laughs> and we were looking at the planet and I kept seeing um, souls like coming and going. It was like I was watching a time lapse over thousands of years. And, and I saw that some souls, it was like 
as they left, they would do almost like a backflip and go back down. (laughs) And some of them were really, really bright. And I was like, why do they keep doing that? And they were like, you're one of them. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) They said, you're so in love with this being that is Gaia. You are so in love with the collective group of humanity you you can't just leave them like you you want to participate you're you're in love with the idea of someone waking up enough that you are coming back again and again and you're also in love with the idea of watching it when it finally happens that you don't want to miss it mm-hmm. so you come back every chance you get just in case it's that generation that flowers and that blossoms and the lotus opens you have an addiction an addiction to <laughs> enlightenment <laughs> if i'm gonna have an addiction to anything it better be that i also i, I wonder too like how many times because you and i've talked about this we've incarnated before as siblings yep. like how many times have we laid down and looked at the stars and been like have we been to that one mm-hmm. <laughs> have we been to that one <clears throat> let's go to that planet next time okay and, and like how how many layers of the matrix exist <laughs> yeah and is there a way to kind of put it on hold so that we can get through some of these these parts of the yugas i mean again i i like we said i've i know that i would do the same thing i have a, such a big heart it's hard to not it's hard to not come back you know, it's hard to not want to be there to to help people in whatever way, shape, form that I can in this body. So I can only imagine what it's like once I get outside of like the pain body, you know, and go start to kind of get away a little bit. And it's like there were some really good points down there. Those hot dogs are really good or whatever it is, you know, whatever the thing is, it ends up bringing you back because it could be something simple. That's it could be love. It could be, you know, the fact that you again, we were talking last week about having corporeal form allows you to appreciate music, you know, having something that the vibrations can kind of actually bounce off of. So speaking of sound, how do we dispel some of the illusions? Oh man, I'm so glad you asked. Now, um, (laughs) well, we did the illusion mantras before we did. Can you do a refresher? We can do, we did some cream. So, um, we did cream is the, the seat set for the mantra that dispels illusion. Um, Om I'm Hreem Shreem Kleem Saw Sat Cheat Ekam Brahma was the Brahma mantra that we did mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the mantra that we chose for today, especially since we're in this time that seems so hard and like there's so much despair and how, just like I was saying, do you think things are actually going to change or do we have any power here? This is a mantra uh, that is for destroying the seemingly indestructible. And it is a, um, it's a mantra for one of the avatars of Vishnu, the Narasimha mantra. Um, there were 10 avatars of Vishnu. At some point, I know that we're going to do the whole list of 10, um, but the Narasimha uh, avatar, we're well, waiting there's for nine. We're talking, you'll be ten. here at some point. Um, so the fourth avatar, which is what we're talking about now, is uh, half man, half lion. Nada is the, the word for man, and Samha is the word for lion. So it's half and half. Um, the first three avatars that were before were completely animal. Um, 
well, actually, they were they're depicted as images of half man, half half fish, or half man, half um, half turtle for the first and second uh, Matya and Kurma. Um, but I think part of that too is just like this is mm-hmm. this is Vishnu, so this is how we're kind of seeing him. Um, the third avatar is the boar avatar Vadaha, and he is uh, he's all boar. It's a it's an anthropomorphized boar. So with not a Simha. Who is the? I know it's a little tangential. Um, the for Simha, who is the fourth uh, avatar, mm-hmm. he came back to defeat uh, Haranya Keshapu, who was one of the demons, Vijaya um, and Vijaya, who were attendants to Narayana. Again, there's a, these stories are very deep. I'm going to try to minimize off-topic points. Yeah, so. Um, just yeah, keep so going. So he with came Nata back Simha. to destroy uh, Haranya Keshapu, who was granted a boon from Brahma to live ninety six thousand years, and he asked Brahma that he not be dist- not be able to be killed by you know man or beast, be able to be killed by or daytime, not inside outside. He put all of these on how it was that he wanted to be able to survive. So he put you know all these guards up for his ego to be. Mm-hmm. And Narasimha came down and figured out the answer to all of the riddles. He said, uh, you said the boon from Brahma said that you wouldn't be killed inside or outside. We are standing on the precipice of your house. So we're neither inside or outside. We're kind of in the between the two. He said, you said you didn't want to be killed by at night or day. And it is twilight. We're in between the you're not there either you said you didn't want to be killed by a man or an animal i'm both so again this kind of comes back to the idea of the trinity as well that there's always a third thing that you can use to kind of get out of the hole that you're in right you have to use lateral thinking to try to figure out another place to to, to stick a pole mm-hmm. donkey kong jr up the vines right so the mantra for Narasimha. Mm-hmm. uh but there's a lot going on in it. It is Om Kshraum Narasimhaya Namaha. Om Kshraum Narasimhaya Namaha. So the first seed is Om. We know that one. That is the third eye. The second word is Kshraum. Now there's a lot happening in that heard um um ksa is the is yeah. one of the petals of the lotus on the third eye chakra and ksa is a combination of the first mm-hmm. vowel in the sanskrit alphabet ka and sha which is the last vowel in the alphabet it's actually sa we go into the h kind of like combining the two um All of formation mm-hmm. is the idea. We're covering all of the structured aspect of uh, of reality. Exactly. Um, ra, so it's ka, like sa, ra. Ra is the agni, or the seed sound for um, the deliverer of messages to the deities. So it's, it's fire. Um, the M in this is uh, the seed sound for Shakti, I believe. And... Um, Ha is the seed sound for the throat chakra. Um, ya is the seed sound for Vayu, which is the Lord of Winds. So this is like a, again, this is like a forceful Narasimha Ya. Um, 
and then we have Namaha, which is uh, I salute. Yeah. So just for this, I wanted to break something else down to to kind of explain how this uh, as above, so below works. So for for Namaha, Na Mm -hmm. is the seed sound for one of the energies of the sun. And that's um, uh, Savitra. So and then the second seed sound is Ma. Mm-hmm. who is the uh, the seed sound for the deity of Kamadeva. And Ha is the seed sound for the throat chakra. So mm-hmm. w- what we start to see is that every letter has a full word in it. And every one of those can get broken down as well, right? So Sa-Ve-Tra, those all have different meanings. So when you start to look at the actual energetics, you realize that, that it's it's a continual cycle. It's hard to try to realize or it's hard to try to actually understand all of this mm-hmm. looking at it from a standpoint because literally you would spend every single if – you, if you did this with everything you said, you would go crazy because just like we were talking about with the yugas, if you start writing down the numbers, at a certain point you're going to get bored just from where we are now to try to equal what is going on in Satya Yuga where the people's lifespans were 100,000 years and the time frame that it covers is something unimaginable, right? Yeah. So it's millions. Uh, yeah. So with this, with, with Sanskrit as a language, what people have to realize is that every time you are speaking it, you're speaking layers upon layers of magic, because no matter how far you dig, yeah. there's always another Very much. hole to go. Yeah. Down. You're going to find it. You're going to find another cubby underneath. So, um, I know that that wasn't as clear as, as I've done it before. It is almost midnight. It's been a very long day. Um, but um, yeah, this will be up for okay. uh, for this week's Patreon. I'm actually going to do the breakdown um, for this one and do the mantra as well. But But the reason that we brought it up is because this mantra helps right. you defeat like well, that, yeah, that was the other thing I wanted goodness. to break down too. Uh, Nara Simha, uh, Na is uh, again the life-giving power of the sun. Ra is uh, the the devotion. Um, uh, Sma, or the the Nara Simha, is uh, bestowing fruits and creating stability, which is the Shakti activator that's in it. And then Ha is Shiva, which is bestowing cities. So literally, this is like destroying sin. Uh, sending a prayer up to the gods, activating Kundalini, and then being able to accomplish any goal, pretty much, because you're being bestowed. Yeah. Yeah, because CDs are magical power. If you <laughs> haven't listened to us frequently, CDs are the yogic magic that yeah. happens when you are a, a yogi or yogini. So this is this for what's going on right now in the world. You say this mantra over and over again, and the seemingly impossible powers that are in control can be taken down. They can be defeated. You can be um, given a chance to continually uh, rise above what's going on, Mm -hmm. no matter how seemingly impossible the task seems like. Uh, appears in our reality because the reality is not real and just start it all over and just boom like and realize that you want to start doing this for yourself and then Mm -hmm. we'll work on taking down the other power structures because as again like as we as as we the people who are 
allowing this reality to be made around us, when we start reformulating it, things are naturally going to fall apart. You know, the, the things that we don't want to be there are going to, are going to kind of mm-hmm. go the way of the dodo. Um, but the first thing you have to do is kind of pay attention to the elephant in the room and be like, it's a big elephant. So let's uh, see if we can get him in it. Yeah, exactly. He's got to watch. And then it's wearing a waistcoat. <laughs> watch for the waistcoats. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just the white rabbits. They're everywhere. <laughs> They've overpopulated. <laughs> oh, my God. It is late. I'm just like seeing bunnies. A lot of a lot of bunny magic going on Little in Boulder right bunnies now. Bunnies hopping around. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. It is spring. Well, it will be. Summer. We still got another. We got still got another 14 this days. Then we'll be so in summer. Strange. I guess yeah. I always feel like summer starts <laughs> in like March summer starts when the ice cream man starts summer. coming out. You start hearing that music. I'm like, oh, such a pleasant, balmy day. It's only 95 mm. mid-April, she says. <laughs> Actually, today was really nice. It was like 97. We should. We should do an episode on weather magic. Um, how, like, I mean, sometimes it's also kind of, it, it happens and you don't even <laughs> realize it. We, um, like I said, we had our first meeting with uh, other yogis out in a park the other day. As soon as we got done, <clears throat> as soon as we got done with the flow, it started hailing. Like it was a massive rain and hailstorm. And I was like, oh again, I try not to get too much in my head about it. But I was like, was this me? Because <laughs> I've been doing a lot of really, really potent work as of recently. It was like it could have <laughs> just been the fact that there were a bunch of uh, very powerful yogis in the vicinity. So I'll say that we all had a we all had a hand in it. Who knows? Yeah, I, there's something from the the book we did last month from the book club, which was um, Jaguar in the Body, Butterfly in the Heart. If you didn't see me post about it or you aren't on my Patreon and you haven't read it yet, do yourself a favor, go pick it up. It is absolutely amazing in terms of teaching you how to step into your own power and how to embrace um, ancestral trauma as a medicine path. And one thing that happens with um, the author Yakov Darling Khan and one of his mentors is when magic starts to really happen mm-hmm. around him, because she is a very, very powerful sorceress, um, she, she's like greeting him like it's normal and he's freaking out. He's like, how, how did this happen? And she looks at him and she's like, she whispers, Yakov, don't act surprised because if you do, then the spirits mm-hmm. will really give you something to be surprised about. And it's that idea of, of like, you're allowed to laugh at it. You're allowed to say, like, yep, <sighs> makes total sense. You're, <laughs> you're allowed to be in a space of, like, accepting reality as it is. But the second that you disbelieve it, that you're like, I can't believe that happened. Oh, then they're going to show you stuff of, like, right. oh, my God, I can't, I can't believe that's been happening. And that's kind of where we're in right now where people are like, oh, I can't believe that this is it. And I'm like, well. You better start, better start up in that belief system because you start using mantras like this and change will happen, especially ones like Narasimha's, um, start doing that Brahma one that we talked about dispelling illusions. You will see yourself clearly first and foremost and, um, don't act surprised. 
because yeah. <laughs> you're asking to wake up when you do these things. You're asking to be activated. You're asking for it. Um, be not you afraid. Can act happy. That's totally fine. <laughs> Just yeah. Right. For I have good news, glad tidings, and will bring you great joy. In the city of David. <laughs> on earth this day, unto you. You are given your own power. Accept it gratefully. Sacred geometry. And don't go talking smack <laughs> about it or trying to force it on people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, those mountaintops. <laughs> okay. So yeah, if you want to connect with us more, if you like this and you want secret episodes of how we plan these episodes, because we actually do put a lot of thought into it. Um, Go check out our Patreon. We'll be posting a lot more um, in the coming months about all of these things as Jeremy develops his teaching stuff, as I start um, interacting a bit more with uh, new Patreon members. I'll be opening up the schools to All Souls uh, the next round in September for those who are interested. And it's really, really phenomenal the work we're doing combining alchemy and hermeticism and uh, working with deities, specifically Egyptian ones, but also some other ones from Sumeria and the Hindu pantheons and, um, and using witchcraft tools that I've been handed down by my specific teachers, as well as things that I've channeled myself. So um, it's pretty fantastic. And both Jer and I have patreon tiers that are just for secret episodes related to this podcast whether it's stuff we recorded oh geez five years ago six now? we're in 2020 it was six, 2015 seven. so it was i guess six <laughs> at this point five and a half yeah yeah so five years ago yeah it's crazy um and and stuff that's going to be related to things that we bring up but maybe don't have time to dive fully into on our episodes <laughs> that have to be less than two hours <laughs> Exactly. Only for my sanity and your sanity. I guess we could always start recording earlier. Nah. Why do that? It is, I think, too, just being able to take a nap or to rest a little bit. I was outside a lot today. Like I said, I had a session. This was the first massage I'd had in a while. So it's, uh, I'm definitely feeling it. And, oh, and also if you want a donation-based astrology reading with me because I'm in the middle of getting my certification, um, email me at amysolara at iCloud.com. I'm scheduling out through July right now, and, and it's really fun. It's been a lot of um, – it's been very insightful doing nice. this system of reading. Man, we were talking about reality. We didn't even go into deep fakes so, or like yeah. how how – there's so much technology that's being used right now to like, like augmented reality, just completely distort what it is that we're seeing, but that's okay. We'll talk about that in another. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah because I feel like that's like the fake reality. <laughs> doesn't even need to be touched on. I, I think there's also it's things a completely that different podcast going down yeah. that particular rabbit hole. You get into aliens, you get into like, yeah. Disclosure. Yeah, that's the disclosure podcast still. We're doing it'll, it. It'll in the be future, Yeah, it'll be secret episodes where we're talking. We want you to discover it yourself. Mad first. alien business. <laughs> it will be. 
yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, and we love to share it. So hit us up, give us messages, let us know what you want to hear about, what questions you have, and we'd be more than happy to talk about it at your. And we now have a mantra and magic uh, podcast Instagram. So yeah, Um, we do. Yeah, so follow us on Mantra and Magic, and and please, 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 when you tell your friends to listen to it, ask them to leave a actual review we're going to be doing a review challenge soon so keep your ears open for that because um it might include some freebies and some giveaways if you leave a review uh with an answer that we like we'll be picking winners and it'll be really fun Uh